Amen. Turn around and say hello to someone, then be seated today. Good to see you today. Amen. Amen and amen. If you haven't noticed, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Amen. we got these beautiful decorations here. And the men who put them out this past week, would you raise your hand if you were on that crew? All right. I think, listen, if you want to have your your uh, house, your office decorated, you should contact them. They sure know what they're doing. Amen. Isn't that great? Now, for you that are online, you can't see much. We do have a beautiful thing down front here and on the sides and around. And on the walls, we have very tasteful uh, decorations. These are Christmas wreaths. And uh, if I may spiritualize, that wreath is a circle. And a circle is a picture, a symbol of eternity and of God. And we believe that God has always had a plan, and that plan is for Jesus Christ to come into this world and to seek and to save us. Amen. And uh, we're going to get our ushers to come right now. We have uh, some forms here. Let's celebrate Christmas. We're going to pass them out today. And every day uh, that we are meeting now, between now and Christmas, one to every person. Uh, Now, I want you to raise your right hand. Come on, raise your right hand. Raise your right hand. If you don't know which one it is, ask the person next to you. And if they don't know, then just any raise both of them. But anyway, raise your right hand. Say, I promise. Come on, say, I promise not to read, not to read this during, this during the preaching, the preaching. Amen. All right, thank you very much. I don't want you to be distracted, but take it home. It's got some wonderful ideas with Scripture in it for honoring the Lord on this, His time of the year. You know, there are people who say, well, I can't come to church on Christmas because after all, I've got family traditions. Now, just listen to me for a second. How dumb is that? Excuse me for saying that. How dumb is that? Whose birthday is it supposed to be? Jesus. I tell you what, don't invite the birthday person, but just go have your party. And just give gifts to each other, but don't give anything to the birthday person. And how dumb is that? That is is really... uh, what was it? Muhammad Ali used to say to Howard, Howard, you are so dumb. Right? That's, that's, isn't that what Muhammad used to say all the time? Howard, you're so dumb to Howard Cosell. But uh, I have to say that it's not wise for God's people to claim to be a Christian 365 days out of the year and then skip Christmas. All right. So anyway, let's be in the house of the Lord. If you're out of town, then find a good Bible preaching place and let's be there and let's spend the the whole time of this season honoring the Lord Jesus Christ because He is worthy. Amen. The Bible says He is worthy. I believe He is worthy and we want to properly honor Him. Now we're going to be doing some great things and one of those things is we're going to be Christmas caroling. We have an activity called Carols and Cookies. It's an all-church activity. It's Friday, December 16th, so it's a few weeks out. 6.30 we meet here. We go over to Fellowship House. And the only restriction is if you've got runny nose, cold, hacking cough, please don't go because that will absolutely spook them over there at uh, their facility. These are seniors and, uh, and uh, they don't want any sickness in there. So get yourself all well and plan to come and we're going to have a program and we're going to sing along and we're going to make cookies. And you're going to make two to three dozen homemade cookies and be part of our Christmas concert and uh, sing along at the social hall a fellowship, uh, uh, the, uh, the fellowship house in Lake Ridge, okay? And I'm going to ask our 
our men to come quickly. Let's get these sign-up boards passed around. Thank you so much. Sign-up boards. There we go. Give one each section there. Sign up. Thank you so much. And by the way, we appreciate everybody's Christmas wishes. We're getting cards are being sent in. Those are wonderful. But I would ask you not to give Preacher Gwendolyn uh, money gifts we, uh, or, or other gifts. Uh, we're not looking for material things. We are very happy. We're very thankful. I, I, I don't want to disappoint you. But uh, give your gifts to church. And we have some special offering envelopes, and they're right there in front of you. The offering envelopes with the green writing that says, Give a Christmas gift to Jesus. Let's plan to do that. And so I want to encourage you along those lines and uh, give the very best that you can. These are discretionary funds that are used for sick missionaries, for special uh, needs during the course of the year. Give the very best that you possibly can. Now, as you exit today, if you go out these doors, you're going to face a table, and it says, Fill America, sign up for how many tracks you'll hand out from December 10th through the 24th, starting next Saturday, and for 15 days through Christmas Eve, we want to pass as many of these in English and Spanish as we possibly can, and we've got them available. The bookstore will be open today, and, and buy as many as you can. Now, I have signed up for one more track than the last time we had this push, and uh, you don't have to do what I do, or even what Sharon Hamrick does. Sharon, I think, won the championship last time individually, but uh, uh, I'll give you a, a pen or something uh, afterwards. But anyway... Uh, you can, you can get as many as you can pass out, and this is personally pass them out. We're also going to hang door hangers, isn't that right? And we're going to set a new record on the 17th. I want everybody to come out on the 17th because we're going to try to put 800 door hangers on doors and talk to people and win folks to Jesus Christ. So would you like to be part of the solution? This is it. This is the, the best solution that there is. On the way out, sign up. Just set a goal, a godly goal. And God will bless you. One more time, guys, if you don't mind. We do have these devotional booklets for December, January, February. They're absolutely free. One per family, unless you've got one at home and one at work. So we're going to take those back real quickly. And uh, just take one, two, how many you would like, and they'll be glad to share them with you. Absolutely free. As you go out today, not only those booklets, but ICR, our friends at Institute for Creation Research, have put out a special edition of their magazine for kids. Notice there it says kids on there. All right, how many of you have grandkids or children, you know, that are still at home or their grandkids that are young and you can take as many of these as you have kids or grandkids and they'll enjoy all the articles. This one is actually, it's all designed for kids. So it's fantastic. I hope you get it. It's absolutely free and we're glad to provide it to you absolutely free. Now, today is the 4th on the 18th, which is a couple of weeks out. This place is going to be packed, and we are going to be presenting a Christmas musicale. I would like to solicit now everybody who is an adult, and actually we can include anybody who has reached their 16th birthday. So uh, 16, 17, 18-year-olds and adults, all right, we'd like to invite you to come out tonight at 5 o'clock, and then again next week at 5 o'clock, and we would like you to to be part of, I am soliciting and asking you to be part of our musicale, our Christmas choir. So you can be in the Christmas choir. This is not going to be every week thereafter. This is going to be one presentation on the morning of the 18th at 11 o'clock. There'll be narration. 
There'll be scripture. There'll be music. And you're going to have a great time. Bring your family and friends and plan to come out. So 5 o'clock. So if you are an adult or 16, 17, 18 and up, uh, and you want to make a joyful noise, it doesn't matter if you've ever sung in a choir before or if this is your first time out. We are glad for each and everybody. And I want to challenge you uh, to do that. I want to challenge you to take uh, uh, the tracks, and I want to challenge you to be a part of the solution here. If you are a guest today, we have a packet of material for you. Brother Daquan is going to hand you one right now. In that packet of material, there is an information card uh, along with other items, but I would like you to take the information card and fill it out and place it on the offering plate. So all those who are guests today, you're not regular attenders. This is either your first time or first time in a long time. Slip your hand up quickly. I've got guests right over here. Karen, Karen, all right. Uh, and uh, Bafumba, all right, very good. Who else? And we got Nancy and Judy back there, right? Did I get your names right? Nancy and Judy, all right, with Quinn. Quinn's guests, okay. All right, all right. Are, are you understanding me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Good. Good. Great. Praise the Lord. How many of you caught the From the Shepherd to the Sheep devotional this morning? I didn't have my red coat on, but I did, uh, I did sing a Christmas song. How many of you remember that song? Who tell me the title of that song that I sang this morning on the devotions? Go ahead, Bonnie. Mary had a little lamb called Jesus. Amen. And that's several people's favorite Christmas song now. And so I want you to do that. If you don't know how to go online, or you don't know how, if you haven't subscribed, Tyler Candy, Tyler, raise your hand. Tyler's going to help you. And then you, along with 10% of our uh, viewers who are in India, can catch me every morning. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? 10% India. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Very, very thankful. Uh, we don't sell to make money. In fact, we're going to lose some money on this. I'm just going to say we have an illustrated Bible, King James Bible. Illustrated, artist illustrated, hardback. Normally, it sells for two and a half times what we're selling it for. And somebody has given toward this so you can buy it for less. Stop by the, the, our bookstore back here after the service and ask for the illustrated Bible. There are only uh, 10 of them that we have. And so you want to get that. It's very important. It will, it will help. The Bible come alive when you show your little ones the pictures as you're going through. And uh, I even know some adults that like to have pictures too. So amen and amen. And then we have this item. This is ABC Memory Book Bible Verse for each letter. And it's worth every penny of it because you can teach the letter P. It stands for put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand on the stand against the wiles of the devil, Ephesians 6.11. You got a young man there with a sword and with his armor on. This you've got to get. And have your kids, your grandkids memorize the scripture. How many glad to see that? I mean, I'm helping you with your gift selection. Now this Wednesday night, we will have a brief annual business meeting in which we will... Uh, elect and re-elect our deacons, our trustees, and our committeemen and our clerks. These are officially elected and re-elected every year. We will also vote on moving one 
figure on paper in our budget for this year so that we end up in the black. We won't change the total amount. Just move one figure around, and then we will adopt the same budget uh, in total for the coming year. So we're not spending uh, money loosely, uh, very wisely. Even when COVID came, even when reduced numbers came, God supplied and still supplies the needs. Every bill is paid and in advance. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. You are so good and God bless you. All right. We have four men who have been vetted and interviewed and uh, have agreed to be nominated and were unanimously nominated to be on the ballot. These are four additional men and uh, unanimously nominated to be uh, to stand for committee man for election this Wednesday night. They are Adam Kemp, Randy Porter, Rob Porter, and Frank Sell. All right. Uh, I see three of four here. Adam, Randy, Rob, Frank. I can speak to the worthiness of these men, their ability to serve as a committee man on faithful men. I just wanted you to know who's been nominated. All those who are currently active and serving will be up for re-election, and these will be up for election Wednesday night. We do everything decently and in order here at Central Baptist Church. All right, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to hold it up. If you believe this, you say it with me. If you don't, you don't have to. You can listen if you want to. Those of you that know what's coming, you're going to want to participate. All right. Repeat after me. If you believe this, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe there are no mistakes in it. God helping me, I plan to obey it. Amen. God's going to help us. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Today we're going to take our Bibles, and you can see on the bulletin, as you have already, no doubt, seen a beautiful picture has been selected, and I'd like to, to thank Dane for putting together such a beautiful bulletin. I love that cool blue color. It says, Glory in the Church, and there is a, there is a, uh, a framed church building there out in the country, snow all around. You say, oh, preacher. Don't pray for snow. I'm not the one who prays for snow around here, okay? I'm the one that prays that it stays away. But anyway, uh, that reminds me so much of a couple of churches where I've preached. Uh, way back when, when Gwendolyn and I were first married, uh, I pastored a church in Dalton, Wisconsin. And I'm not going to ask you how many know where Dalton, Wisconsin is. It's a little unincorporated township uh, there were 200 people in the township. And when I went there, there were about 30 people that meet in a little country church. And uh, they had been running 30 for about 30 years. And uh, we got there, and God began to do some amazing things. I was a young preacher. When I got the call, I was 20. I turned 21 and began to pastor this church, Tom. And the strangest thing happened. People started coming from all over. We went out, Gwendolyn and I went out, we knocked on doors and won people to Jesus, and we had hundreds of people that professed Christ, but we had 100 that publicly professed, and many that were baptized. And uh, on a big day, now get this, God blessed in such a way, I mean the Spirit of God was at work. And here's what God did, on a big day we had 178 in attendance. It was built really strange. It was a school building that had been moved there and another school building that had been moved and it made kind of an L. 
So when we had an overflow crowd, it was around the L. So I'm preaching, and I'm going as far over here as I can to look around the corner to preach to those folks there. But God did some wonderful things. And even though I was a newbie, and I hadn't been in the ministry very long, you see, it's God that does the work. And it's not because of me, it's in spite of me. Come on now. And it's not because of you, it's in spite of us. But thank God for you and praise the Lord. If you'd like one of these bulletins, you that are viewing, just scroll down and tap the right place and you'll get a digital copy of the bulletin. Inside, uh, there is an insert about uh, those gifts. Give those to Jesus and um, praise the Lord for your faithfulness. And then it says this, <clears throat> A church is never a place but always a people, never a fold but always a flock. Never a sacred building, but always a believing assembly. So the church is the people. All right? The church is the people. Everybody say that. The church is the people. Is the church the building? No. Is the church a denomination? No. Is the church the sign out front? No. Is the church the, the constitution and bylaws? No. Is the church the people? Yes, sir. Amen. And that's it. Never forget that. Never forget that God is looking for a people. God is seeking a people who be willing to receive His Son and His Son alone. Plus nothing, minus nothing, Jesus Christ. Only Jesus. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart and life, you're on your way to heaven. He that hath the Son hath life. Say it. Life. He that hath the Son hath life. What do you have to have to have life? The Son. And then the Bible says, He that hath not the Son hath not life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. You've got the condemnation of God on you if you haven't got the Son. You need the Son, Jesus Christ. He comes into our life in the person of the Holy Spirit. He comes to indwell. That same Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, draws us together. John and I are alike, but we are different. We are different in that we are different ages. I am much older than he is. I know that comes as a shock, but I am much older than he is. And he's in, probably in better shape. I don't know if you're in better shape or not. We'll, we'll go ten rounds afterwards, okay? But your people came from India. My people came from Germany and North Europe. But do we have any problem with each other? The problem is not skin, is it? The problem is sin, right? That is the problem. It always has been, always will be. And guess who broke down the wall of partition? Come on. Who broke down the wall of partition? Say it. Jesus. Jesus broke down the wall of partition. So you may speak different languages, come from different places, have different skin colors, different hair colors, different eye colors, you know, different, different uh, methods of doing things. But you know what? We can all have Jesus Christ as our Savior. And thus we are knit together, held together by the Holy Spirit. I love this. And upon this rock I will build my church. That's Jesus. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is like a hospital. Today as I'm speaking right now, Brother Herman Broom, we call him Big Dog, 20-year Marine, preacher of the gospel, lies in a hospital in, in, in Annapolis and uh, waiting to recover so he can go preach at a church in Annapolis. And he understands what a hospital is all about. It's about shots and nurses and doctors and, and procedures and so forth. And we are a spiritual hospital. We are here for the purpose of sharing the healing, saving truth that is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. There it is. Very simple. All right, I'm going to put some of this aside. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3. That's where our text is found. Ephesians chapter 3. 
And when you get there, look up. All right. It's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right, you got it? All right, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3. This, of course, is about the great mystery. And in the Bible, when you find the word mystery, it doesn't mean a whodunit like uh, something you would see in a, in a movie, a mystery as far as uh, a crime being committed. You've got to solve the crime, who's guilty, and so forth. No, the mystery is something that can only be explained by God's revealing the truth, by revelation. God reveals and gives the answer. All right? And so, please notice what it says in verse 1. For this cause I, Paul... Paul is the writer. He calls himself the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, that's because he is in prison, but he's a prisoner of Jesus. He is willing to do everything that Jesus says to do for you Gentiles. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. He's saying this is the arrangement of God. This is the administration of God. This is what God has set me up to be and to do. Listen to me. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. First of all, the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. God wants you to be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to call upon the name of Jesus and ask Him into your heart and life. He will make you over brand new from the inside out. And oh, what a wonderful day it is. That's when your new life begins. That's called the new birth. That's the new beginning. That's regeneration. That's it. It starts when you ask Jesus in your life. The Holy Spirit makes you brand new and alive from within. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Praise God. I, I'm not what I ought to be, but thank God I'm not what I was. And I am becoming the person that God wants me to become as He's transforming. He's changing me. He's changing me. He's changing me from grace to grace to grace to grace to grace. From each step that He's taking me through, He is changing me. He's fixing me. He's building me. He's making me up to be what I ought to be. And I'm not here for me. I'm here for His glory. I am here to help others come to know Him. God has a purpose. God didn't want you just, just to live and die and then go where you're going. He wanted you to live, be saved, and help other people get saved. Help other people come to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's, that's worth shouting about, isn't it? That's worth singing about. Come join the choir. Amen. All right. I thought I'd get that in. Did you see me sneak that in there? All right. Come join the choir, 5 o'clock tonight. All right. Amen. All right. So this is the arrangement. God had a purpose for Paul. God's got a purpose for preacher. God's got a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. Now, discovering that plan, discovering it's exciting. It's an adventure. People say, hey, just get me out of hell. I just don't want to go to hell and burn forever. So they, they pray and, and profess to receive Jesus Christ, and then they don't do anything. They don't grow. And they never find out the wonderful adventure that being a growing, thriving Christian can be. Now, there can be some potholes along the way. Isn't that right? There can be some bumps, can't there? There can be some problems. 
But guess what we've got? We've got the Lord Jesus with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. We've got him along the way. So it's an exciting adventure. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words. That's it. So he's talking about the mystery of Gentiles getting added to the, the spiritual family that heretofore... Uh, you, had to, you had to go through Israel. You had to go through the commonwealth of Israel. If you were outside, you had to become a proselyte. You had to go through that. But now, since Jesus Christ has come and died for the sins of the whole world, and uh, any, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, you don't have to be of Jewish extraction. You can be a Gentile, a non-Jew. Praise the Lord. I'm very thankful. He, God is no respecter of persons. We're all sinners. And we all have the same need for Jesus Christ. And so that's what this is all about. And he's bringing all those folks together who received Jesus Christ as Savior and now want to be obedient and say, Lord, what would, what would you have me to do? What wilt thou have me to do, Paul said, on the road to Damascus. And he says, all right, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And as many as gladly received his word the same day were baptized and there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. He wants you to be obedient. He wants you to come profess Christ, get scripturally baptized, get in, discover your gifts, begin to develop them, serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, He gives us the grace to get through. Praise the Lord. And it is all for, as we're going to see, not our benefit, but His. Praise the Lord. So it says in verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister. Minister means servant. According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual, that's effective working of His power. God comes down, begins to do a work in you and, and through you and touch the lives of others. That is His work of grace. Praise the Lord. All right. Now everybody jump down to verse number 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery. You see that? which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God when it's all said and done as we're going to see uh, someday the Lord Jesus Christ is going to say here are my trophies here's my plan and because he's God he can show us a, a quick view of what we came from to what we could have and should have been and by grace have become, and see, this, these are my trophies. That's what Jesus is going to say. When He begins to do a work in you and through you, it makes such a difference, it makes such a change in your life, and praise God for that. Amen. He wants to use you. He wants you to serve Him. He wants you to be joyful. Amen. This is a season of joy. Joy to the world. I want to be a part of that joyful plan according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Paul is saying this, I got thrown in jail, I've been beat up, I've, I've had all these terrible things, I've been tried, I've been, I've been mocked, I've been treated badly, like Jesus was mistreated, I've been mistreated. But, he says, I don't want you to faint at my tribulations for you which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory 
to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. When you or somebody you know is going through difficulties, what do you need to do? You said a panic? No. Panic is not the first thing you need to do. Complain? No. Complain is not the first thing you need to do. First thing you need to do is bow the knee. Just like that. Bow the knee. Say, Lord, I don't know what is going on, but I submit to you. And that means you take your hands off of it. If there's anything I want to teach this congregation and that extended congregation that wraps around the world now, if there's anything I want to teach you is to not think or say the following. I got this handled. No, you haven't. See, you're just, you're just acting like the fonts. That's all. You just think you're in charge. But you're not. You are not in charge. God's in charge. Lord, you have this. You're God and I'm not. I submit to you. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on now. That's the model prayer. That's what we ought to be living out. Amen. There it is. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. His glory will result in my strengthening so I can serve Him and bring glory back to Him. I want you to get this today. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, all the dimensions, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Can I get an amen? Now I want that to happen. I don't just want to talk about it. I want this to happen. John R. Rice, who was my spiritual grandfather, gave some advice to some folks who wanted to know what a real church was like. You know, if, if, if you go to some place and they hang a sign out front that says, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, church, you say, I guess that makes it a church. Or if they've filled out the papers for 5013C, uh, you know, uh, tax-exempt, iliomocenary organization, those are all legal terms. Uh, I guess that makes it a church. No, it doesn't make it a church. It has to measure up to what the Word of God says. Now, the scriptural, the simple definition, Tom, I'm sure you learned something like this at, uh, up at Liberty, but uh, at Lynchburg, and um, I'm sure they told you that a, a local church is a called-out assembly of scripturally baptized believers who assemble themselves together for the purpose of evangelizing, edifying, uh, carrying out uh, the Great Commission, observing the ordinances, something like that. Something in that range. That's probably within a few words of what every fundamental independent Baptist college in the world and seminary teaches. And that's exactly what it is. That's what it is. John Arise said, a New Testament church is a local congregation. Number two, a New Testament church would be composed of born-again Christians. Number three, and I like this. This was John R. He, only he would say this. An independent congregation on friendly terms and cooperative terms with 
others of like faith. I mean, he was for, he was for cooperation. He said, now, now, don't yoke up with unbelievers, but, but uh, yoke up with those that you can cooperate with. And then a, a church that's actively and principally committed to soul winning. He put that in there. And then one that would be sound, clearly sound in the essential doctrines, the Word of God. We believe that this Bible is inspired from cover to cover. We believe there are no mistakes in it, as I have already said. And we are a local New Testament independent congregation. We are a church. That's what a church is. And we want that sweet, sweet spirit in this place that we sang about. And that's why when Paul wrote, Glory in the Church, Glory in the Church by Christ Jesus throughout ages, what he is speaking about is that love, that kindness. Van Dyke talked about it, the greatest thing in the world. Van Dyke said the greatest thing is the love of God. And uh, as far as on this level down here, it's the love of God working through you and spilling out over to everybody. I love this time of year because everybody, they're, you know, they're trying to squelch. They're trying to hold it back. And legally and every other way, uh, you know, vocationally, they're trying not to say Merry Christmas. They're trying to say mm, Happy Holidays. You know, and they're, they're, so when, whenever they do that, I just smile real big and I say, Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Merry Christmas to you. Give it to them. The preacher, you get arrested. Listen, they didn't arrest me at the supervisor's meeting. They're not going to arrest you for saying Merry Christmas in the line. You just spent how much money at their store? Amen. Don't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Right? G-L-O-R-Y. Glory. The, the G stands for this. The glory of God. It emanates from God, so it's from Him. The glory of God is from Him, but it is then to be directed back to Him by us. This relationship that He created us in, when we are saved, when we are right with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ, what He gives us, we give back. He loves us, we love Him. We love Him because He what? First loved us. He, he uh, sheds that glory our direction. He gives us we just read about it. That strength, strengthened in, in the inner man so we can make a difference in this world. So that glory emanates from God and we're to give it back to Him. Don't give it to the devil. Don't give it to yourself. Give it to God. The L in, glo in glory stands for light because that's how the glory is manifested. When in the Old Testament, all those types and symbols of Jesus Christ who would one day come, they, they had the mercy seat. And Jesus Christ is as... John says, our propitiation, as Paul says in Romans, our propitiation, our propitiation, that's mercy seat. Mercy seat. There it is. Jesus is our mercy seat. All right? So, He's our mercy seat. What was above the mercy seat? Come on now. Above the mercy seat shone the Shekinah glory, a light that was coming. That's how it was manifested. Not like any light that you've ever seen. I mean, perhaps brighter than any laser, any halogen light, uh, times, you know, whatever. It was very, very light. Because, you see, our sinfulness and our doubt and our limit, uh, limited life, our lack of faith is pictured by shadows and darkness, spiritually speaking, but He's the light. And if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son cleanses us from all, not some, not most, but all sin. So we have, we have that light. So we have God, from God to God glory. We have that light 
that exposes sin and, and shows us the way to go and enables us to walk in the light and have fellowship with other believers. The O, of course, we use the word in Sunday school today when Mary was being told by the angel that she was going to be the mom of the virgin-born Son of God, the sinless Son of God. She said, how can this be? I, I don't have a relationship with a man. And, and she said, this is the Son of God and you're going to be overshadowed. Overshadowed. That's the same way the glory of God works in your life and mine. That's the way the glory of God works in this church. That's the way the glory of God works in this world that so desperately needs to see and experience the results of the glory of God. We're overshadowed. We're surrounded. We're held underneath. We're held around. He's above us. He's within us. He's holding us. He's all around us. He's everything. Praise God. So we have GLO and then R. This is what's required to enter heaven. You say, you're kidding me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Entrance requirement of heaven, Jesus Christ. You and I can't get into heaven except by Jesus Christ. So it's a requirement to get in. Y stands for you. It stands for you and me. This is personal. The glory of God isn't just something we stand back and say, Oh, the glory of God. Now, I don't get anything out of it. I don't, I don't reap any benefits. I can't... I can't Live it out. I can't do anything with it. I can't accomplish anything. I can't be anything. Oh, that glory of God, that's, that's that other thing that's over there. No, I want the Shekinah glory of God to shine out of my life. I want the light of Jesus to shine out on somebody else. I want the glory, the strength that God gives me to be all that I ought to be, to touch the lives of others, to help them to become what they ought to be. I want to help lost sinners come to God. I want to build a rescue shop a half a yard from hell, like C.T. Studd said. I want to help people from all different backgrounds. Uh, we have, virtually, we have the entire world at our doorstep. Everybody's moving to northern Virginia. And you say, oh man, it's going to get so crowded. It's going to get this way. It's going to get that. I tell you what, it's going to get good. It's going to get good and then it's going to get gooder. I know that's not a correct word, but it's going to get better. It's going to get good and gooder. You know why? Because we get the opportunity to live Jesus in front of people. We get the opportunity to share Jesus with other people. We get the opportunity to tell folks that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends are over the way of death. But there is one way that you can get to heaven. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Oh, I'm having a good time preaching. I'm going to have to kind of wind this up pretty quick. But... Uh, do, do you believe what we've said today, that there is glory in the church? There is glory in the church available. There is glory in the church experienced. There is glory in the church, but we can't keep it in the four walls of this building. Bob Hughes, one of the greatest missionaries perhaps of modern times, went to Cebu City in the Philippines. Been there? Cebu City? I've been there. I preached there. And from scratch, he built the Bible Baptist Church of Cebu City. I stood in that building with thousands of adults and in many other locations. I think scores or dozens of locations around the city on a special day. People meeting thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Bob Hughes had already gone to heaven. But before he died, he trained his associate, Dr. Armie Gisalva, take that church. And Dr. Gisalva asked me to preach that day. And I preached to thousands of people. 
I looked out into the faces of people who a few years or months or days before that didn't know the joy of Jesus, but now their face radiated. You talk about glory. There's glory in the church. When you show that Jesus is in your heart and life, and it's on your face, and it's in your words, and it's in your attitude, and in your action, when Jesus is living out of your life, there's glory in the church. And those people were there, and they didn't stay away. There's glory in the church when God's people don't, on purpose, absent themselves from attendance. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. By the way, I just would like to share with you that Christmas falls on Sunday. That's not a day to stay home. That's a day to celebrate the fact that He did come and was born. And if you can't be here, then be in a Bible-believing church at least. And let's honor the one whose birthday we're talking about. It is Christmas, Christ's birth. Amen. So they were there with smiles on their faces. They were there, and they were in one accord, and they were there serving the Lord. And that day, they brought hundreds and hundreds of guests in. And when I preached the gospel simply, I mean, huge rafters in that place. I mean, I couldn't even imagine how they constructed that place. And as I preached, and, and the sound resounded off of the walls and, and uh, gave the gospel and gave the invitation, they started to come forward, and not just a few, by the power of God. When I preached in the Philippines, Dane, when I preached in the Philippines, I preached the same messages as I preach here. And where you might have a few respond here, dozens, scores, hundreds would come. And they were very, very open and receptive. And when I gave the invitation, come to receive Jesus Christ. Come and be part of God's great plan. Come and receive what He has for you. Take salvation. Be brand new in Christ. Man, they got up from where they are. They started coming. I mean, they were coming. I backed up a little bit. Brother DeSalvo put his hand up, put his hand on my back and said, It's all right, brother. It's all right. It's better than all right. That's glory in the church. And when that happened, I thought back to the little church up in the hills of Alabama where God placed Gwendolyn and me. In 1971, a church that had shut down, the Corinth Baptist Church, sat for three years. Not a person there, no activity. We went around, knocked on every door, held meetings every night for five nights. God did some wonderful things there, the Corinth Baptist Church. As I was preaching there, no air conditioning, no heat, a pot stove in the middle. Of the, of the center aisle. Dirt daubers in the summer. Path out back. Primitive. Just preaching. I preached the same message there as I preached to thousands there in Cebu City. And it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Amen. And today we can have glory in the church. We can have the unity of the Spirit. This is not made up. This is spiritual. This is real. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many of you today would say, Preacher, something in the message spoke to my heart today. Slip your hands up high all over the building. Something spoke to my heart. Amen. The question is now, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to respond? Are we going to step out? Are we going to come when the invitation is given? I'm going to ask today that we extend the invitation long enough for everybody to come down and have a word of prayer. If God has spoken to you and you want glory in the church and you want it to start with you, 
That's what the Y in glory stands for. You. If you want it to start with you, then come down, have a word of prayer, go back to your seat. Say, Lord, let it start with me. And if today God has spoken to your heart about anything in your life that needs to be surrendered, needs to be made right, then right now you need to confess our sins and He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. It may be, however, that you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you've never been born again, never been saved the Bible way, never called upon the name of the Lord, then right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you pray from your heart to God? Silently, not out loud. Pray this from your heart. Dear God, just pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. As my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins. And take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven. Bless you as you give. Of his power.